This is Racing Virginia. From asphalt to dirt. From drag racing to road courses. It's all right here. In Racing Virginia. Welcome to the Racing Virginia Podcast. I'm Dave C. And I'm Brandon Brown. Uh, have we got a show for you today, folks? We have, we're back in the studio. Yes, sir, we are. And uh, to celebrate uh, back in the studio, we have none other than some more Racing Virginia royalty. Is that how, uh, is that the royalty theme song? Are I you going to sing it? Nah. Like. We need to we need to come up with something. Come up with a racing Virginia royalty theme song. Stuart Virginia's John Wood. This would be interesting. He's I've never, if you don't follow the Wood Brothers or him on Twitter, you need to go right now and do it. You are missing you are missing a good time in and of itself on their Twitter channel. Um, I I grew up watching John race in the truck series and. Then when I moved over to the social media world of things in Chicagoland, when I worked at Chicagoland Speedway, I tried to be professional, tried to be toe the company line, tried to never ruffle any feathers. And that is John's, that, that's the exact opposite of John's strategy on social media. And I freaking love it. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> I absolutely love it. NASCAR was at Michigan. I mean, don't need to talk a lot about that. But I mean, you, it was you a good don't race. need to. It was a good race. Uh, yeah, it was a really good race. I am a. I am one of the critical people of the low horsepower, high downforce package. The Michigan races with that package had not been good. They'd been kind of boring. But man, this one was good. I think they'd figured it out. I think so too. Big weekend for short track racing. And we're not going to go all over that. You can find all the results you want. You probably know all the results if you, anyway. If you go to racingvirginia.com, click on any of your favorite tracks, like you can, you'll find the results. And the biggest thing is follow us on social media. Yeah. You'll see a lot of that yeah. stuff. So the big thing we need to talk about because it's getting close. Tickets for Richmond Raceways weekend. Tickets for Martinsville Speedways race weekend. And then Martinville Speedway Valley Star 300 for late model stock cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Coming up, the tickets are on sale. Let's talk about Richmond first because Richmond will be coming on the schedule first. Uh, the Modifieds are back at Richmond. Oh, the Virginia so is for Racing Lovers 150. I, as a kid, didn't get to see those in person. I'm going to do my damnedest to be there to see them in person for the very first time. And oh, I've heard they are badass that they are badass. They are here at Richmond, here at Richmond. Last time they had them here, they put a restrictor plate on them. That's, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do this time, but they did put a restrictor plate on them last time. Uh, and I, I would imagine since it's in conjunction with, with in, in conjunction with cup series weekend, you would see the likes of Ryan priest, Ryan Newman, those guys coming out to play and I would hope, I hope to see them out to play. Um, after that, uh, the nine 11 Memorial salute day, they'll be racing 
Cup and Xfinity in a doubleheader at Richmond. That day is all about honoring those lost on 9-11 since it's going to be the 20th anniversary of that day. And Dale Jr. will be here. And, and, a, spe- and a special A car. lot going on that day. A lot day. going on. Um, but where can they get tickets? <laughs> I was explaining this stuff to them, Dave. Uh, tickets are available at richmondraceway.com. They've got a special Dale Jr. ticket package available for you on that day. And it's going to be a great day of racing. Yeah, it's a hell of a day. Here Xfinity at America's and Cup, Premier Short Track. Xfinity and Cup on the same day. Love it. Can't yeah. beat it. Then it's Martinsville. That's It's uh, the last race of... Stage one, right? The, the last race of the oh, entire, entire regular playoff. playoffs. Oh, that's right. Before so they he, go to uh, Before they Phoenix. go to Phoenix, Martinsville cuts off and decides the championship four for the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. That's going to be wild. It always is at Martinsville, but it always adds that little bit extra when it's a cutoff race, especially to decide the championship four. And? Hollywood Halloween weekend. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be some spooky, scary stuff going on, and I'm sure they've got a cool theme in store for you. Tickets available at martinsvillespeedway.com. But before that at Martinsville, September 25th, this is our bread and butter, Dave. The Valley Star 300 late model race at Martinsville Speedway. That is going to be wild. It always is. Josh Berry dominated the last time a few years ago. Didn't have it last year. Right. Led all 300 laps. I don't expect that same outcome this time. If, no, jo- if Josh races, the, the then The two it's, times that he has yeah. jumped back in a late model stock car. <laughs> he's won. He's won. But, man. the, oh, the which, Go ahead. Which, he got a full-time ride for next year. Oh, how cool I, is that? I am so happy for that After dude. winning at Martinsville yeah. in that Xfinity Series car for Dale Jr. earlier this year, gets a full-time ride. Congratulations, Josh Berry. Man. We need to... We need to get on with this show, man. Okay. We could we could talk hours and hours about all these races coming up, but what we what we need to do is we need to go to our phone lines. Okay. All right. And we need to talk to one of Racing Virginia's royalty. He is from Stewart, Virginia. He is a senior vice president for Wood Brothers Racing. He's the head of, for you, Brandon, this is, you'll get all geeky about this, head of Wood Brothers Gaming. Uh, he is Mr. John Wood. How you doing, John? I've never been on a podcast that sent text messages ahead of time and said, 
We will be calling at 1210. Answer the phone and just sit there and wait. (laughs) I try to give you as much information as you need, right? This must be fancy. It, it, oh, I don't know about fancy. We, we do it fancy si- here in Racing Virginia. Yeah, man. we're we're, uh, we're sitting in a uh, interview room at Richmond Raceway in the media center, so it's not too fancy. Not not ridiculous. Also, this is like a, this is like an officially licensed podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it, uh, this ain't no fly by night operation, man. I hear you. <laughs> well, no no fly no flies on Richmond Raceway's back. That's for sure. Nope. They uh. <laughs> They got like a badass uh, esports deal, and just just they they just spare no expense. In fact, what's the kid's name that that races for? Well, I guess it's you guys. Whatever the the Richmond Raceways uh, esports team and I race. What's so what's one of them? So yeah. that's Jimmy Mullis and it's Zach Mullis, Novak. Mullis. Yeah, Mullis. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, for for a very very short period of time, he worked at the Chick Fil A that I go to every single day. And then, uh, I don't know what happened. It was right before the pandemic. So maybe he went on to do something else, but it was so funny because he's such a big personality in iRacing and, and, uh, well, yeah, whatever the iRacing scene. And then there, he just, it was like pulling teeth to get him to talk to me. Like, Hey, 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 I know who you are. And he would just kind of duck his head and not look and just be real quiet, real shy, I guess. So finally, right before uh, they closed down, he was, a little bit more talkative, so it was kind of cool to see him there. But, and by the way, John, my partner here, Brandon Brown, not the Xfinity driver, by the way, <laughs> is the former head of Richmond Raceways E Sports Gaming. Yep. You're, how, you're, how long ago would that have been? So I was the guy talking to you on Twitter when about, we about made the, the jersey swap or swag yep. swap or whatever, and we never got that done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was right around that time. Yeah. It, it was right around then when, when, uh, when all this was happening. I don't know. That was just crazy. Yeah, man. But, so, so that's that's what we did. And then after you, you took a picture of Jimmy saying that uh, that there we got a celebrity on our hands here and tweeted at us, and then we bet on the race, and yeah, I think I y'all that. won that day, and we never did the swag swap. I don't remember how it was supposed to go down. If we won, you were supposed to send me one, or vice versa. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Well, we'll but, we'll we'll have to do do something here in the near future. Cause I don't I don't run the Richmond Raceway Esports anymore. Um, but uh, I mean, I I still support the Wood Brothers Racing, of course. Well, I've been I, I've been pretty half assed in my involvement with with esports this year too. So <laughs> no. No harm, no foul. That, that's all right, man. We we will forgive you because you got a lot of other stuff going on. Well, I pretend like I'm busy, even if <laughs> even if I'm not. I got to make everybody think I do something. So you got to make sure you get that paycheck. Right, right, right. It's, it, that, that's all that matters is that they believe that I'm doing something, whether <laughs> I am or not. Just make up a list of things I do. Well, uh, for our listeners, the ones that have been living under a rock, uh, let's kind of give them a brief history. Um, I mean, obviously, you are a part of the famous Wood Brothers family. Uh, You are the grandson of Glenwood and the son of Eddie Wood. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for for Virginia, Wood Brothers is synonymous with NASCAR and and synonymous with the state. Uh, You know, they're, they're very proud of being from Virginia. Yeah, so 
when I started, when I kind of came along into the racing scene, that would have been late nineties, mid to late nineties. It wasn't as I started saying environmentally friendly. That's not the right word. Uh, educational friendly ish type thing where you could go to college. In other words, you couldn't really, you had to decide, am I going to risk everything on this racing deal and forego college, not be the astrophysicist that I was <laughs> destined to be? Or do I kind of just let racing take a back seat and do college and, and, and know that I'm, what qualified to always have a job and and uh, go down that avenue. You kind of had to choose one or the other. Now there are a few examples where people were able to do both. Ryan Newman is like educated out the ass, and he he was still able to do it. But for the most part, it, it was you you just couldn't. And uh, I sort of decided in high school that I would kind of take my time and just kind of evaluate as. I got closer to being a senior, what would, you know, if, if I had an opportunity to race, if, if it was promising or if not, I would just do the college thing. And I, I kind of didn't really have a clear answer. I, I was, uh, I was racing in the Hooters Pro Cup series my senior year. And, um, it takes a whole lot of luck to get from there to anything extra, like a truck series rider Xfinity is Bush series at the time. And so I didn't really know. And lo and behold, that summer, right after I, right after I would have graduated or did, or did graduate high school, I got hired by Roush to, to drive in their truck series. So I was doing that, and um, that kind of made my mind up. I'm going to do this. That uh, I'd be stupid to to either be half in and, and half out and, and not really be committed to it and still try to do the college scene. That, and I, just being totally honest, I just didn't want to. Yeah. So uh, that that was that was what I did. And looking back, probably one of the top three or five mistakes I ever made was not doing the college deal because I'm so reliant on this this racing deal working out. And it's, it's people think it's such a glamorous life, and, and I'm not by no stretch am I throwing off on it or 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 painting a picture that we're underprivileged. But it's very volatile, and it's not, you know, imagine yourself being, I don't know, anywhere, working working a desk job or being a dentist, anything. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Electrician. You've got that stability because you know that that industry is not, or, or you're not really dependent on sponsorship year to year, and you, 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 you're not going to just dry up in one minute. It's it's there, and, and, and things are flowing along, and the next year you're looking to sell everything it's, it's not it's not like that and that is how it is in racing you know most most teams there's just a few that, that have that stability that uh that you know they're not here one minute gone the next you know that there's three or four top top tier teams but besides that you know us being a single car team we're very dependent on on uh, on ford and motorcraft and and their support and we've been very lucky to have that for so so many years but without it, I don't know what we'd be doing. And uh, that that's the scary part. So back to my story, I was racing in the truck series, and I won a couple of races, and uh, all that was great. Ran some Xfinity. I uh, drove for, at the time, it was ST Motorsports, which is now 
JTG. Uh, did that for a little bit, ran some cup races for Wood Brothers, and then came the, whatever you call it, the, the housing market crash, whatever that was, the recession. And we lost our Air Force sponsorship in the process to kind of coincide with that. Our, uh, our racing program wasn't all that great, and it didn't really matter who was driving the car. If it was me, if it was Bill Elliott, it didn't really matter. We were kind of having the same same results, uh, missing races and uh, just not fast. And that was back in a, at a period of time where you had to be in the top 30 in owner points to make races. So uh, we weren't really making them. And I actually had the idea to hire hire uh, Bill to come along and, and have the past champion divisional. And that's what we did to, to be able to make those. And uh, it, in, in the process, by doing that, it kind of shuffled me out and I was left with nothing. And so at the end of 2008, I just kind of had to regroup and decide what do I want to do. And moving over to the owner's side of things and kind of relearning the business from that aspect is what I, what I did. And I'm kind of glad I did because that's been paying off. And uh, now I own part of the team. Um, and in addition to the other stuff that I do too, but that's, uh, that's kind of what I've been doing since that. I mean, that is such a, a path, such a story. I'm going to back you up and go, we'll go straight into your racing career because your start in your racing career was kind of unique. Not a lot of people have Dale Jarrett buy them a go-kart and say, Hey, let's go racing. Um, tell us about that experience in your first race. Well, Dale bought, so the go-kart was originally, originally belonged to his son, Jason, and he was, he was the one that was driving it. And, uh, I don't, I was too young to really know, know the specifics, but I know that my dad bought the stuff from him. And that's what, cause I guess at the time he was driving for us, I think, pretty sure. Yeah. It was, was in like mid nineties, early mid nineties. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got my start. And at the, at that time, you know, you don't really, I mean, it, it Dale, Dale was, I, I grew up around racing. It was, it was just something that I always saw. So I didn't really identify with these people the way that I probably would with other professional athletes and, and high profile people of other sports. The, the way that I would say, look at Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger, it's, it's different when you see these people day in and day out. They, they're just normal people. So I, I, it didn't really matter to me. I didn't really consider it like, oh my gosh, look, I've got a go kart Dale Jarrett. It's just like, hey, Dale sold dad a go kart. This is going to be fun. Like, that's, this is awesome. I, I, it, the, the the opportunity to race go-karts was what was so unique, not the fact that it came from him. And I, I, I that, that may sound like I'm, I don't know what the word for it would be, just not not really appreciating the opportunity, but it, it's not that. It's just, I, again, I grew up around these people, so they were just more. Well, and that, that's what I was going to say is because Dale, Dale Jarrett is was just another human being that you knew that you, you yeah. were around all the time. Um, right. which was, you know, that, that in of itself is just cool to me because you know, I've gotten to work in, you know, in NASCAR and in motorsports for like the past six years or something. And you get kind of used to seeing all these people and they're just people, you know, you see them on TV and they're your heroes and then you get to work with them and then they're really just awesome human beings. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just sitting here thinking back to the different drivers. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah. So the different drivers that we've had in my uh, whenever we, whenever Neil Bonnet was driving for us, the thing I admired most about him wasn't that he was a race car driver, it was that he had this really awesome um, hot rod car that he drove around, and I thought it was so cool because it didn't have a back seat. It was just a 
uh, I guess it was like a, I, I'm, and I'm not familiar with like old, like really, really old model Ford, but it was one of those that he had converted into a red hot rod of some kind. And I thought that was so cool that that thing had these little itty bitty tiny tires that, that, that didn't, that weren't, they didn't have fenders. They were like sticking out and, and it looked like a Hot Wheels car that I had. So that, that was what I thought of Neil Bonnet. And I know it's crazy, but that's just how I was. Uh, Elliot Sadler, we chased girls, uh, cause I was mad at together. I know that's wild, but, uh, we did, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna need to, some of those stories probably in a different podcast. Uh, but we'll we'll, yeah, we'll put those for yeah. another time. That'd be like a nighttime, late night podcast. <laughs> I think. You know that that first go kart race of yours that could have that could have that almost was the deciding factor of you not continuing. Um, I think the the, the first go kart race you, you came in after a competitor wreck, and his visor landed in your lap. Yeah. That kind of rattled me a little bit, and it, it I don't know, I, I mean, looking back on it, I, it, it, it put this weird thought in my mind that no matter what, I always had to overcome fear, and, and, and fear was the thing that you had to outsmart. It wasn't mechanics, it wasn't understanding how cars work, it was just flat out, I got to figure out a way to not be scared, and, and that, 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 that was what I thought of for several, maybe even several years. And, and it's just, it was just a freak thing that happened, but it was, it, to me, to a, to a 10 year old or 12 year old, it was just something really violent and, and like, man, do I really want to be a part of this? And, and it, 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 it messed with me. It did. Um, I, I, yeah, I could have just as easily have said, and I guess had my dad given me any answer other than it was up to you, I don't care one way or the other, you know, had, had he probably pressured me to do it, I, I might have been more reluctant. I don't really know, but everything that happened happened in the perfect order because I went on to not really care and overcame it. And it's funny because my niece, my sister's daughter is racing now. I haven't really decided if I'm going to have my kids do it or not. And I've just laid out the exact reason why, uh, about the education part. But anyhow, fast forward, she's doing it now. And my thinking, and, and I, I know they won't hear this, so I'm safe to say it, but it's not so much how fast she is now and, 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 and how she's able to pass carts and win and this and that. It's how she handles her first getting her bell rung. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, I think if you ask a lot of different drivers, they'll, some may lie about it and say it didn't matter. Some will have similar, similar stories to what I'm saying, but it's how you recover from that first time when you're really young. And it, it seems a lot more dramatic and a lot more dangerous than it really is. But again, you're just so little, you don't really know any better. So it's, it's going to be, how does she recover from the first time she gets her little right front wheel knocked off or goes upside down like that that that's going to be that's going to be the, the thing that you know makes me take this serious for her or not is, is how that how that goes you know even though you come from a, a, a well-known racing family getting into racing yourself wasn't as easy as probably most out there uh fans w- and listeners would think uh early in your career you and your dad split a thirty thousand i guess it was thirty thousand dollar fee for a w- one race in Winston and the Winston West series, just so that you could try to get some, you know, people looking at you. Yeah. Uh, I had, um, I was lucky enough that they were paying me Now they weren't paying me a lot, but they were paying me <laughs> to, to drive in the Hooters Pro Cup series. So, so, uh, it, it was more or less just a cross between working for the team, but also driving as well. And, and so I, I, I mean, it would have been enough to support a, 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 a late teen, early 20 year old, but not, I mean, that, that coming up with $15,000 was like crazy hard to do. And it, it was, 
I don't know where the figure came from because it cost way more than that for us to go and do that race. But I think that was just the number my dad picked to say, okay, you're going to figure out here real quick that this, this money has to come from somewhere else. It can't always come from us. And uh, it, it, it had gotten to a point where, and I, I kind of glossed over this, not deliberately, but I just did. Uh, right after the Hooters Pro Cup scene, I had kind of gotten to where I didn't really know what I was going to do next. That, that season ended, and I guess I just got confused when I was trying to give you a timeline of it. It ended in 2000, and then in 2001, I, I didn't have anything. So I was racing a late model for another, I guess you call it team, but it was just really just this old lady and her husband. They had a late model at Motor Mile. I was driving it and uh, running a few Winston West races. Like I say few, I mean literally like four. And my dad was picking and choosing the ones that I would race in that would coincide when the cup team would be there. So I'd have a pit crew and help and everything else. So it was like a, a Phoenix, a Fontana, Vegas, Kansas, the bigger tracks. But again, it wasn't because we were trying to just out motor and out dollar everybody it was because that was that was how it worked to have help at track and i, I ran just well enough that um uh, max jones is the guy that was heading up the, the truck series program for roush for, it was roush racing at the time and i think he was at uh he was somewhere that might have been fontana and i was there and um they were having some issues with the truck series program at that time with the drivers and Biffle and uh and kurt had just graduated on to to, to extend I guess I'm in Xfinity and Cup. Kurt went right from truck to cup. And so they had two new drivers and they were struggling and it was just pure luck really that I got that ride. But it was uh, very fortunate that all that did happen because I think had, had the Rouse piece not come along, it would have been a totally different story and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did. What, uh, what was that like, that experience? Because Roush had such a strong truck series team. Biffle, Kurt were winning races, Carl hand over fist. And then you jump in and you had, uh, you had good success for your first full season in uh, 2002, had decent success the year before that when you jumped in midseason. But then it all came together in 2003 at Kansas. Take us through that timeline and your growth as a driver and what you, what did, is that what kind of you expected when, when Jack Roush and that team put you in a seat? So in 2001 was the first year in, in trucks. My, my third the fourth race, I think it was third race. I finished fourth. That was in Kansas. And um, I ran well enough. You know, it didn't really matter who they put in the, because at the time it was two trucks. It was the 50 truck and the 99. Mm -hmm. Every person, and it was different people. It was Kurt. Uh, Biffle drove it. Kyle Bush drove it some. They they even had the original kid. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. He drove it some. It didn't really matter who they put in that truck. I ran as well as they did. And then I, I was the only one that drove the 50 for that whole year. So I think the baseline comparison was how did I do paired to the, to the 99 truck. And again, I, I, I'm not bragging by any stretch because it doesn't really matter now. It's all over and done with. But I, I did run as well as, as, as anybody that it was in that other truck. So they made the decision that I was going to get they and, and they're running again. Final race of the season was at Fontana. And during that time period, cart and sometimes Indy cars were racing in tandem with us. We would race on Saturdays. They'd race on Sundays. Marlboro was a was a title sponsor or a sponsor of the track to some I can't really remember, but it basically Marlboro was everywhere at Fontana, yep. and they, they they decided mid race, like middle of the day on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, uh, that they had to have a policy that nobody under eighteen could could race because of Marlboro and cigarettes and and, and whatnot. So Kyle 
all had to get out while he was there that weekend and not not get to drive anymore. And then he had to skip the following season too. So I ran all of 2002 as a single truck team. They they did away with the 99 truck, and we 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 just ran like a bucket of ass. Like I'm I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> That's and a new term for yeah, me right there. Some, sometimes it, it sometimes I wondered was it me. Sometimes I would kind of convince myself, okay, it can't be because I did better when I knew less than I do now. So how's that possible? And it wasn't, it wasn't people. It wasn't anybody that was turning wrenches on the truck. It was just a matter of the truck team had always been in Livonia, Michigan. And that was, that, that played to their benefit for many years because they were able to be away from everybody else, come up with their own technology and their own way of doing things that was good, that was better than everybody. And it, it was sort of like Front Row did, not Front Row, Furniture Row, yep. when they were in uh, Colorado. It hurt them for a bunch of years because they couldn't, they, they, they were away from the technology and away from, uh, you know, the, the world of motorsports. This was in reverse of that. It worked at the beginning and it didn't work at the end. So we got behind. Uh, they, they just figured, okay, we just won the championship in 2000. Uh, we, we won basically every race there was. Uh, there, there's really no need to change anything. There's no need to cut the front clips off these trucks and, and redo them. We're just going to leave them like they are. And so it worked okay for 2001, but then they did the same thing for 2002. And slowly the stuff just got outdated and, and there was no, nobody really to say, wait a second, this is the new, uh, whatever. Like it just, it just, the stuff just got old. And again, I was sort of wondering, and I know they were wondering like, is this his fault? So then we go to IRP and, and I, I always excelled at the big tracks that, you know, you, you kind of knew if you went to Kansas and I ran bad, that wasn't my fault. But if we went to a short track and ran bad, you didn't really know. We go to IRP, which is the, the little track behind or close mm-hmm. to the, the, the big track in Indy. And I finished eighth in the truck race that night. Barely did that. It was just because I was able to miss Rex and everything else. And then the next night, I drove Burton's Bush car. Had, I, I did get to test it, but only once. And I qualified sixth and ran top five the entire night. Like, never had an ounce of problems. Just like it wasn't that I lucked into finishing sixth. I just did it. And, and that was it at a period when it was pretty hard. I mean, that, back then there was a lot of, a lot of uh, overlap with cup drivers and, and all that stuff. So that really, that, that, that's not a, a feather in my cap. What, what it did do though, was it told Jack, okay, something's amiss here because if you can run better in, in a, in a bush car with more competition than it can in a truck with nothing, something ain't right. And the, and the decision was made that weekend to move the team from Livonia to Charlotte, to Mooresville. So that, to answer your question, that was the difference. That's what made all the difference in the world. The following year, 2003, Carl was my teammate. I think he won three races that year. I won two. He might have won four. I don't remember. But uh, I, I, was, I finished like fifth or something in points. And uh, we, were, we basically ran identical every, every week. I mean, we were, you know, if I finished second, if he didn't. In fact, we did, I think, finish first and second at Kentucky. Uh, I can't, again, I'm, I, I can't remember. But long story short, we, we both had quite a few polls we both had wins and and there was a lot of overlap in, in our performance yeah you, so, you oh go ahead I'm just closing out. Yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> You're good, yeah. man. I wanted to get into that because in 2003, you did put it all together. That Kansas race, you finished ahead of Carl Edwards that, to get your first win. Yep. And that was yep, back... That, that was back when you had like 80,000 people for a truck race at Kansas to get your they first victory. Place out. Yep. They, uh, it's crazy because I ran in the first race ever at Kansas in the Winston West car and they had, it was sold out for that race. 
just imagine, imagine. I mean, you can't sell out a cup race now, but you're, you're selling out races where these people couldn't name three people, three drivers in the field. Mm-hmm. And they were that hardcore about coming. So uh, that that was kind of cool. And then, um, then yeah, the, the, I guess it would have been two years later, I won the, the truck race there. Um, Kansas was always a place where I, I did fairly well. And again, I, I've got my places that I never really liked Richmond. I hate to say it. Hey, now. It's a bummer. <laughs> but uh, I ran okay in the truck there, but that, that's about it. Um, just, yeah, just couldn't figure it out. So anyhow, uh, to, to close that story out in the truck, the truck deal, 2004, the next year, um, I, I couldn't tell you what happened. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if my crew chief got, and, and that's a great example of, you know, you look at our situation now in, in, in the cup car with Matt, Jonathan Hassler, and then how he had Greg Irwin for a couple of years prior. Uh, it's not that Greg did anything wrong, but I mean, it's, it's, it's evident that the performance has picked up. You know, Matt's worst finish in the last six races is 11. Uh, his average finish is 8.6. And I think that the previous six races, or the last six races with Greg might have been an average of like 25th. It's not Greg's fault. It's just you get behind, you know, two two weeks goes by, three weeks go by, and, and you wreck or you kind of run bad. and you start, you start to get a little desperate. You start to maybe make decisions that you wouldn't ordinarily make if you were comfortable with everything and things were rolling right along. And before you know it, you just dial yourself out. And it's so hard to regroup and get back to where you're supposed to be. And it, it, it happens all the time. It happens with, with crew chiefs that, that you know, have, have really good success with, with certain drivers. And then, you know, things just go bad for a couple of races, a couple of months, whatever the, the time frame. And before you know it, it's, everybody's turned on each other and finger pointing. And, and that's when you're, 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 you're done then. Yeah, well, I I definitely want to get into the this season, especially because there's so many moving parts with with Wood Brothers Racing going into 2022. Speak, uh, let's see, let me put this correctly. A connection to Racing Virginia here. Your second win in the trucks was that year at Martinsville, and I just got one question for you. Where's the clock at? Well, those assholes they uh, they didn't have clocks back then. Oh, for and the I truck feel, race, I, they didn't. I, I, I feel like I got the shaft, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it was, uh, it, it was, I, I'm totally kidding. Cause I, I really liked, uh, Clay Campbell and that whole, that whole bunch. Um, but I did get a clock. It just wasn't, it wasn't at that point in time. They, they ended up and I got one, I don't know, four years ago or so. Oh, so, so, uh, so you got a retroactive grandfather uh, clock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah after the fact, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great, yeah. man. Because that was my first question. Because I mean, coming from Stewart, Virginia, winning, uh, making your the truck series debut at Martinsville, and then getting a win there, that, that battle with Dennis Setzer at the end of that race, man, it was something else. Uh, where does that rank? Like, I know you've had a lot of victories in terms of winning the Daytona 500 as part of the team and with Blaney, but is that victory up there at the top? Uh, yeah, yeah, that that was pretty neat. Um, uh, I, I, you know, everybody always wants to win one at their hometown track. And that, at the time I was lucky enough to have three hometown tracks, you know, Richmond, uh, at that time we were racing at South Austin also and Martinsville. So, uh, had a little bit more opportunity to do it, but Martinsville without a doubt would be my hometown track. You know, we were growing up only 20 miles from there. 
that 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 was neat. My 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 grandpa was there, Glenn, and then my grandma on my mom's side for some crazy reason she was there. And I don't, I have no idea why. <laughs> I just I just looked back and saw a picture of it uh, a couple months ago, and I thought that she was there. Totally forgot. But uh, yeah, it, it was a very unique experience, and um, I uh, if I if I could pick one to win at besides maybe Daytona, that would probably be it. Well, you were, here's a question. Were you part of the team in the business capacity when you guys won that Daytona 500 with, with Trevor Bain? I'll be straight up honest with you. There was a period of time where I was kind of bitter about it. And, uh, I, I, I kind of felt like I got gotten and I'm wrong, you know, looking back, totally wrong, but I, I felt like, you know, here, here I was, I, I, you know, tried as hard as I could been there through thick and thin and trying to be a team player and, and, and nothing was going right. And Trevor comes in and he gets all brand new Roush equipment and, and, uh, Roush support engineering, great, great pit crew, great everything. And it, 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 I was just a little angry about it, a little, little bitter. And I probably shouldn't have been, as I said, I was totally wrong, but no, I was not, I didn't even go to Daytona that year. I don't know why, because uh, I've been every year, every time, but I not. That's the one year I didn't go, and it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Uh, just, uh, just one of those deals, and and it, it's. I, I guess I'm a maybe a, a better person for being able to, to admit it and own up to it, but that was kind of my mindset at the time, and it, you know, it, it's kind of stupid because. In the same in the same breath, you know, Trevor could say, "I got the shaft." You know, there I was racing a, in a, a Roush car, and then they end up in, in a line with Penske, and, and Blaney comes in and just totally looks like a hero. You know, that's he could he could say the same thing. That's just how racing goes. You know, you you you, you get good opportunities one minute, and the other time or the next minute you don't. It, it's I said it at the very beginning. It's a very very volatile business to be in it's whenever whenever things are going well it's 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 just it's like nothing else but when things go wrong it's it comes crashing down in a hurry now as you you personally i mean through after that daytona 500 a a large transit that was when uh the wood brothers had scaled back we're only running a few races a year a limited schedule and you were a part of the business operations that saw the wood brothers come back to full-time racing Take us through that experience because, you know, at a certain point there after the recession, I mean, things look like Wood Brothers Racing might fold potentially. Then you got Roush's support and Alpensky's support. Take us through all of that and, and how you were a part of that. I, my involvement really ratcheted up going into the, to the, the, the Penske years. I was there from the beginning. I was at the at the meetings from from day one when uh, I remember when Tim Cindric and I think Mike Nelson came to our shop in Harrisburg. That's that's where I live now. They I, I, I was there that day when they came. Um, we kind of discussed what things might look like, how we might do it, but it still just seemed really far away. It seemed almost unattainable to 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 make it work to 
to where we can be trusted and we can be a partner. And, and it's, there, there, there are relationships in, in racing where you are a satellite team, but you're just that. You're, you're, you're just an extension. You're just a customer. And that's what we were with Roush. We were a customer. We, we paid them and they gave us what they thought was what we were paying for. You know, it was a transaction. With Penske, it's like family. We're not, we're not a, a, a satellite team. We are a partner. We're, we're, we're there to help them just as much as they're there to help us. But the, if we're going to keep score, there's no question without what happened happening and without them coming along, we, every, 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 this conversation we're having right now would have been about what had happened when we used to own a team. Like right. It, we, we, in other words, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Wood Brothers racing anymore. It would be a museum. And that's, that's a fact. Uh, it, it took a lot of, it took a lot of work from Ford. It took a lot of, uh, compromise and a lot of giving that, that, that the Pinsky group was willing to do. And it took a lot of trust for, for them to, to trust us and to, to just hope that we would do it right. And, and, and honor the, the, you know, both what was on paper and what wasn't morally and contractually. And, and I think we've done that. I think we've, I, th- I think if you ask them the same thing, they would say that, that it's been a mutually beneficial arrangement. You know, we helped develop Blaney uh, at, a, at a point in time when they really didn't have the capacity to take him further than Xfinity. And we, uh, we kind of helped them do the legwork to get him where he was a, a championship contending driver. And then uh, we, we, we made a place for Paul Menard when, when they, we're lucky enough to snag that Menard sponsorship, and uh, you know that that entire Menard group has been like family too. That's that, that's another one that that, that was a lifesaver. But there, there's just been so many times that we've had so many close calls, and it's funny because it always works out. But it's not because we're lucky; it's because my dad and and his brother Lynn and and really my grandpa they they're just such good people and and when you're good people and you do everything right, even at your own expense, a lot of times, you know, there's, there's been numerous times that they've, they, they've had the opportunity to make more money to, uh, better position themselves or anything like that. And, and they, they choose doing what's right or what's fair over their own needs most all the time. And, and I think that's probably why these, these things keep working out is because they've, just been such good people and um, I think that's why we've had the relationship with Ford for so long uh, my dad is, is on like a best friend basis with Edsel Edsel Ford he, he was with us last weekend in fact at, uh, at Michigan sat with us on the pit box the entire race we just uh, try to do what's right and it seems to work out before we get away from the business side uh, as far as business is concerned I like to know who the heck gave you the keys to the Twitter account. My sister had done it for so that whenever I was mad and pouting and sitting at home and not doing anything, she was going to the races and being the PR rep and doing all that. And that was at a point in time when Twitter was kind of brand new. And I have no idea how we were on the cutting edge of that because technology, technology wise, we seem to be lagging, but, we were we, we we managed that one. So anyhow, she was she was doing the Twitter stuff and 
the, it's hard for somebody that hasn't grown up turning wrenches or driving race cars or being around it, you know, just understanding the difference in track bar and wedge that, that, that in itself is kind of hard enough, but to, to know without asking what just happened on that pit stop, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does arrow loose mean? What does sliding the nose mean? All these things that you hear that to me is just like, I just get it and, and I know it, but for her, it was tough. So she's always having to tap my dad on the shoulder. Hey, what, what is that? What, what is this? And I think if you asked her, she would say that she didn't want to do it, but she did. So she has to go to a wedding. It was 2012, like May 2012. And I didn't, ha- I didn't know Twitter from a chicken egg. And, and I didn't have an account of my own, nothing. But I had been going to the races. So she goes to a wedding that weekend and asked me if I would do the Twitter account. It's Talladega. I said, yeah, I don't mind. That's fine. And it was really kind of neat. Uh, I kind of liked it. Um, looking back, I kind of, maybe I, maybe I should have just said pass and let her do it. Cause it's been stressful. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but it's, uh, it, it is, a, it is a really neat way to be able to connect with people that, that have no other way really to, to do that. I mean, it, it, it gives you a, it gives you a, an avenue where it used to be that standing at a, at a, at a, at a gate or a fence and being lucky enough for a driver to come by and sign something. The new version of that is getting a, a reply or a tweet or something in that capacity. That, that, that seems to be the new, the, the new type of fan engagement. And it's, it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's just me. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, Reluctant to, because I used to be kind of really, really into it, and just I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's people now have opinions. You know, they 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 want to tell us how we're doing wrong with, the, like, for instance, this whole deal with Matt, you know, at the end of the year, and or us uh, having Harrison Burton next year. He has some pretty passionate fans. We have some pretty passionate fans too. A lot of times they. They, they might question what we're doing and, and it doesn't make sense from the outside. It doesn't make sense unless you know all the inner workings and you can't really talk about that stuff at times. So it's hard for me because I'm somebody that just wants to just, just like a, a, a bull in a china shop, just come in and explain it. And, and if, if people don't like it tough, but that's, that's not the way to approach this one. And, and so it, it, it's been a real challenge. It, it was, it was hard last year. And we didn't know if Matt was going to be able to come back and, and, and be our driver for 21. And we were just getting bombarded with messages and everything else. And you would think it would be just as simple as just turn the phone off and not look, but it's not, it, it's just not, it's not that easy. And, uh, and, and then now it's, it's, it's tough, tough again, because I like Matt and, and I, and I want him to, I want him to win a race for himself more than I want him to win one for us. Uh, I, I feel like our, our immediate future is is set either way. I, I feel like we're we're gonna go on and do what we do, whether he wins the race or not. But I want him to win one for him to to kind of elevate his his uh, resume and and and, uh, and status and and make him a more not that he's not now, but a, a even more desirable driver to have because I, I want him to do well, and and that's. That's that's kind of different because I don't I don't typically feel that way about 
most drivers and, and but with him it's just different because i mean he's developed such a like you said a passionate fan base that wants to see him succeed i mean as we've gotten into you know the era of drivers buying rides like the younger generation you know with money matt's seems like more of a driver that you want to root for so i think that's why that's one of the reasons why these fans are so passionate and why you you as a you know somebody who runs you know the social media gets to see all of that um, I want. I do want to ask uh, as we move forward because I mean it was pretty cut and dry with with you guys in Penske. Uh, Matt was going to get two years. This was the year that he was going to be, for lack of a better term, let go. But what was it like? What can you tell us about that transition and being able to pick up Harrison now over from Toyota to Ford and now be your driver? I don't know. I don't know what I can talk about when I can't. <laughs> that's okay. That's, that's a tough one. Um, we are, I, I, I can, and it's not that I'm trying to hide it. I just don't know what, I, I don't really know how to say that one. And sure. And it, and it not, I don't know. It's tough. I, I just, I just laid out the reasons why it's so hard. And, mm-hmm. um, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna develop another driver and, and have another young one come along right now is the time to do it everybody's going to be on an even more playing, a more even playing field next year with the, with the next gen car. It's going to hurt him a little bit more than say a guy like Austin, because Austin is, is already in the Ford camp and the PC camp and can uh, be in a simulator and, and, and do things with the, with the car. I don't, I'm not sure right offhand if he's going to be able to test it. I think so before the end of the season. But I, I, I'm, again, I'm just totally, totally guessing. But I know with Harrison, he can't because he, he drives for not only another team but another manufacturer. Yep. So he's going to basically have to stay a Gibbs driver until November, and and anything that he could be learning between now and then, he can't. So yeah. that that part's going to be a little hard because and Toyota then, pro- Toyota won't put him in a, a next gen car for anything. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure because of that what what does it mean though you know your your connection to the state of Virginia Harrison's connection to the state of Virginia and now you all get to work together I assume that that's that you have some some pretty great stories for the overlap with Jeff Burton his dad and, and all that stuff does that make it for a make for a just a, a more neat connection because you have that uh, or is it something different than that well it's funny, uh, the, the day that, that we all met Harrison and we went and, and kind of got to know him after all this had uh, come to pass, that, that it was going to happen, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what am I going to say to this kid to like make him, you know, remember talking to me? Like, besides, hey, how's it going? And then it dawned on me, that's right. Uh, I drove Jeff's bus car in IRP and quite probably most likely without a doubt, uh, the fact that I got in that thing and did as well as I did is why I was able to continue racing and ultimately why a lot of things happened. I mean, a lot of, a lot of dominoes fell and a lot of chips fell into place because of that one night, that one race. And, and the reason I did so well is because Burton had made such a great team. I mean, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. I just drove it. But it was because he had he had put together such a such a an awesome 
Bush team, and, and and there's no no denying that he's the one that did it. You know, nowadays with these with these younger drivers, they're just dri- I say just drivers. They're not just drivers, but that's their, their their role starts and stops with holding the steering wheel. They don't really have a, a critical involvement in forming the team, and and that was different twenty years ago. You had older drivers, and and they they kind of not that they had more say, but they had a lot of say. And so Jeff was the one that built the team. So it was kind of neat for me to be able to say, hey, I drove your dad's car. And uh, probably why I was able to, to uh, ultimately be able to say that I have won in the top three series in NASCAR and did what I did, it, it was without a doubt because of that. And so that, that was cool. But the Virginia piece, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's awesome too. I don't, I don't necessarily consider, I mean, it is, they are from Virginia, but you know, as well as anybody, you can break Virginia up into 15 different subgroups and each one is <laughs> just as completely opposite, different than the other. Well, I mean, the Burton household was broken up into two subgroups right. with right. Jeff and Ward. Right. <laughs> one bedroom and the other, they, they sound like they came from two different planets. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, 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 it's neat. I mean, and, and he's, the thing that struck me was how respectful he was. I, I wasn't really ready for that. I wasn't really prepared for it. I guess I just didn't know, but everything was yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Ha ha, sir. Like, it, it, sir ended yeah. every single phrase and sentence that he said. And finally, I'm like, dude, you got to stop with that. Like, <laughs> it's okay to say it's my dad, but like, I'm, I'm already self-conscious enough as it is that I turned 40 this year. Like, we got to ease up. Okay, I'm sorry, sir. I mean, I'm sorry. I will work on it. And I was like, there you go again. So then I texted him. Uh, I don't remember. I might have texted him a picture of, the, of his, what his car is going to look like next year. I can't remember what it was. And he's like, thank you, sir. I, I mean, LOL. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, if you had to choose, though, a driver to be like that or a complete asshole, which one would you pick? No, I, I him, him. I mean, I, I'm not. Don't don't make me out to be like I'm complaining. I no, think I know, amazing. I know. I'm just messing with you. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, because there are some. See, I'm I'm too outspoken. That's the problem. <laughs> you, you, you open the door for me, and I just push my way in. They. These drivers now, I mean, they, they, uh, they'll, they'll tell you how important they are. You know, you don't really have to ask them. They'll tell you. And I just never really, as I told you at the beginning, I never really viewed drivers as heroes or, or, uh, these like untouchable, unimaginable tape wearing people. And, and I think sometimes they're led to believe that's what they are and, and they believe it themselves. And what they do is dangerous. Don't get me wrong. But, but underlying and in italics, what these crew members do and the, the hours they put in and the lives that they sacrifice, the lifestyle they sacrifice to do this, those are the guys that deserve the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. I, I look, I look at some that are on our team that have been there for twenty years, long time, fifteen, twenty years, and I mean, it, it makes me wonder. Like, what? Think, think about what you've given up by doing this, by being at a racetrack from Thursday to Sunday, every single week. That's, that's, I guess you either like it and you, you're eat up with it and it's what you want to do. And that, that's what you find happiness with, or you don't. And those that don't, don't last, but there are some that, that do. And it's, it's a grueling lifestyle. 
I, I tell you, it, it, it is. I've gotten a little taste of it recently, oh. being on the road with because uh, I'm announcing ra- I'm announcing dirt track races in Texas right now. We just did a weekly tour, and doing that all the time just seems like such a grind. And I, I the, you get such a respect for you guys that are at the track for thirty six or more races a year. Um, I will tell. Have I got a good story for you. you? I'm sure you know Darren Russell, who used to work for you guys. Oh, yeah. Um. He, we were down in Indianapolis, I think it was 2017, in our Chicagoland pace car. And we get people yelling at us from this car sitting at a stoplight. And we're like, who the hell is this? And they rolled a window down. He's like, where's the party at? And it's Darren and a couple of the other guys. And we went and partied with them in Indianapolis. And I tell you what, we got to be in your pit box the next day. Y'all got some great people over there at Penske. And uh, I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, because it was cool, cool to 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 be sitting with you guys, and Blaney even came up and talked to us. That was that was just one hell of a good time. The uh, the first time I met Darren, I actually tested for uh, he was ra- he was working at PPC, or maybe he was working for Roush uh, uh, Roush Yates at the time. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he's doing engines, but it was it was it was the team that. Oh man, help me here. The 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 uh, Nesquik car. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Which one of those? The the green, number ten. Yeah, the, yeah. Was Jeff Green driving it? Yeah. 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 Because David's the old one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it Jeff? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Jeff, you know Jeff Green yeah. drove the number ten Nesquik car yeah. in the Bush Series. Okay. So uh, I tested for them a few times. They didn't know. I don't remember the reason, but I did. I think it was a Ford thing. Ford wanted me to test for him. Like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but we went to, we went to Memphis and it was, it was when I was driving for Ralph and we went to Memphis and that was the first time I'd ever been. No, uh, Phoenix. I think it was. Doesn't really matter where it is. That's irrelevant. <laughs> the, the, the punchline is Darren and I went skydiving and that, that really overlapped well with what with you saying, where's the party at? Let's go have a good time. The fact that I went skydiving <laughs> with a guy <laughs> on a, on a Bush series team at a test that, that I don't know if it was peer pressure. I don't know if I pressured him, he pressured me or what, but, uh, that that's the first thing I ever remember was Darren was that skydiving trip. <laughs> the only, the only good uh, plane is one that you don't jump out of. Guy, oh you know? man, I, I would do it. How was it? Did, where, did you, how, how did that compare to the, the, the fear in a race car or the thrill in a race car? It's all relative. I mean, if you if you ask the guy that was that that I was strapped to, he'd be like, "Yeah, it's just another day." <laughs> and and to me, it's like, "Whoa, this is just unbelievable." <laughs> but then if you if if we go out in a two seater and I'm driving you around, and you ask me how close are we to reckon, and I'm like, I, I was looking at my phone. I I you know I, I think we were it was just a Sunday drive. But to you, it would be like, "Oh my God, this is the craziest thing ever." It's just what you're used to. Yeah. You know, any, anybody can, can kind of become accustomed and, and, and numb to pretty much any situation. But it's like that first, that first time that, that, that you're like, wow. And I can't really answer that because every bit of racing that I did was in stages. It was from go-karts to little cars, to medium-sized cars, to big cars, to fast cars. So I never really went from zero to 160 just in an afternoon. So I, 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 I don't, it's just it's a hard one to answer. 
All right, before we let you go, because there's a lot of stuff that we could actually talk about. But we, we could have like a, we, we wanna, could do a part wanna, two yeah. or three or four or five. Yeah, we're definitely going to want to have you back at some point. But there's two questions on, on your Twitter account, because by the way, you might get a f- like 10 or 13 new subscribers yeah. from this podcast. Just from the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, why well, do you- they, they, need to be, they need to be friendly. Believe believe me, I I know they need to be friendly. Holy hell. Uh, Why do you you call yourself a washed up NASCAR driver? Because it's much easier to just own it (laughs) and admit it than it is to argue with somebody and be like, look, I know what I'm talking about because I did this or I did that. But it's it's like it's like uh, reverse psychology. I mean, I know what I did and I'm comfortable with with how I did it. And uh, but but if you if you kind of start the conversation off like okay you can call me whatever name you want to it's really probably not gonna bother me then it just it, it, it makes it it's almost like uh it's almost like when you i don't know i was trying to think of an analogy whether something was like a hateful dog but i, I can't i can't <laughs> come up with i can't come up with it right offhand but that, that's really why i mean it's just so much easier just to just own it and be like yeah i did it didn't work out here i am all right i are you why are you in rental cars a bad idea? Uh, some of it is I was young and just didn't care, maybe. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've uh, caught them on fire. I've done just about everything imaginable. Uh, I don't really do that now. But it's just, I, I don't really, I guess it's because it's just, maybe, maybe it's the days of thunder. <laughs> watching what those guys did. You watched, dude, he watched just, that movie too many times. Yeah, it's just instilled in your subconscious. I, I don't really know. Uh, and, but, yeah. and at the shop now, are you requiring everybody to call you Coach John? Hey, you, 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 you're asking the tough ones now. And you, you're, here we go. Just open the door. I'll dive right in. <laughs> we, I'm pretty pissed off about that one still. So, and I'll tell you why. And I haven't shared this one publicly. The long story short, the rec department asked me, I was one of the last ones to be asked if I would help coach, if I would be a head coach for five, six coach pitch. I said, I didn't want to do it, but uh, if no one else would, I would do it as the last person. So the, the guy's like, well, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you say no, I'm just done with it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just done with it. I'm going to put 14 kids on the team and, that I'm just nothing against you, but I'm just tired of hearing no. I've called 30 people today. They've all said no, so I'm just over it. So I've, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. That's fine. Can you? He goes. So then, what night do you want to practice? So can you let? Can, can you give me till tomorrow? Nope. I need to know right now. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll, you can you can tell me at nine in the morning. I'll call you at nine in the morning. I'm like, uh, okay. So let's recap here. I volunteered to do something I didn't want to do. <laughs> and then, then they're basically telling me I got to tell them right then and there when I want to do it. So all that seems okay. I, I emailed the parents yeah. that night on the roster and I'm like, Hey, just a heads up. I didn't really want to do this, but they kind of, uh, they didn't force me, but they told me to do it. And, and I might've exaggerated a little bit, but I, the part that I shouldn't have said was, I, I didn't volunteer. I was voluntold to do that. <laughs> but I, I did. I did paint a picture that, uh, and I told him exactly what he said. Like you either do this or there's 14 kids on the team. So somebody on the ball team uh, emailed him 
that email, said forwarded that email. And I don't know if they did it in a way like, okay, why are you guys, why are you forcing people to be a coach? I don't know if they were like kind of sympathetic to me or if they're throwing me under the bus, but either way, there is an ongoing investigation <laughs> to find out who it was that ratted me out. So the next morning, the rec department, the guy at the, at the place, whatever it is, calls me and he's like, I got the emails that you sent to all the parents. I said, okay. He's like, uh, you threw us under the bus. Like, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. You just got to tell me. I said, well, while we're at it, uh, do you remember calling me and saying basically that if I didn't do it, then you would just like, basically I do it or else. Well, I'm sorry you took that way, but, but, and so anything that comes after, but, you know, it's just like, <laughs> might as well not even be saying it. So he never would really own up to the fact that he forced me into it. So, uh, that's about it. I'm mad about it, but I'm mad because I don't know if one of the parents ratted me out or if they were kind of helpful, but it sucks because I had to pay the same amount of money as everybody else had to pay to, to have the kid play, but then they treat you like crap to, to volunteer to be a coach. It's like, you got to give me some kind of break here. At least it's be nice. And, and it just wasn't. Well, I, I only asked you that because I know the pain that you're going through. I I had two boys did the same thing that I was the last uh, choice, or they weren't going to even have a, uh, a a second team, and and they were going to have to cut kids. And and what do you say? And then then I end up with all the kids because I don't know. I, I hadn't been at the, the the tryouts, so I had no. They had a draft. For for the kids, right, right. Yeah. They give you all the they give you all the ones that don't want to be there, right, right. And and I had all the first years, you know. Somehow, uh, my son was pretty good, and and I I tried to tell him at tryouts, don't hit the ball like we normally do. But yes, what does he do? He hits three dangers. So the, you know, he's he's the youngest one on the team, and I had to take him as a first, you know, as a first round yeah. draft pick, and I got it. So I got skipped. Because I had a kid that was pretty good, so I understand your pain. And and by the way, I understand also how much how expensive it's going to be. They asked me, yeah, I've already been buying equipment because <laughs> the stuff they gave me was junk. Like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't listen to this podcast. But uh, the you other need thing to talk to your made, buddy Elliot Sadler because yeah. he's got a pretty good operation going right now. Well, I'm. It's going to be like it, by the end of the year, all these other kids are going to be like, "Damn, I wish I was on that team." <laughs> like, look at that eight foot trophy every one of those kids got. And <laughs> look at look at look at that trip to Carowinds that they all got. Like, it's going to be wild. <laughs> um, but they, uh, the other thing that made me mad was he's like, "Don't you worry. If you say yes, I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you an assistant that that's ready to go." But okay, that's fine. He says. Also, you're going to have this uh, this lady that she wants to be the team mom. She doesn't know anything about baseball, but she she she'll make the calls for you and everything else. So so you're going to be sitting good. I'm like, okay, fine. Not even ten minutes after I agreed to this, he sends me an email. He didn't call me. He sends me an email and says, April, that's the lady. She's she's going to be your assistant. Um, but she just told me she just didn't want to do it. She's just going to call people. So. I got the shaft again. But <laughs> They're all cool now. Like yeah. they, they at, at the first practice, all the parents showed up, and they, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, they, 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 they got it, and so it's, it's fine. I'm just bitter about the whole experience. Final question, and it's going to be something more positive. You just used the word wild 
What's the party going to be like that? Like when the Wood Brothers Racing finally gets win number one hundred? Well, we're all getting old. Uh, if you'd asked me that ten years ago, I'd have, I'd have said we closed down eight different bars one every day of the week. But now I, I don't even know. It's that's uh, that's a good question. I, I'm not in a hurry for it. I mean, it, it does. You know, it is something that that I would like to to see happen sooner or later. I, as I told you, I would I would really like it to happen for Matt. Yeah. I, I, I just think I think it's. I mean, and I, and I felt the same way about Paul, and and you know I, I'm sure I'll feel the same way about it with Harrison too. But I I just I I'm putting my my wants and needs aside, and 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 I think it would be really good for him, and um, it, it it would be a nice way to close out this relationship in this these, these past few years. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the the time to visit with us here on the Race in Virginia podcast. And uh, like I said, like we said earlier, there's a lot more we could talk about, and we're going to have to have you back at some point, uh, probably maybe after That'll the baseball work. season's finished. Yeah. I'm sure I'll have more to talk about, more to complain about. <laughs> That's good for us, <laughs> man. Man, man thanks, for, uh, thanks for being on the show. Yep. Have a good one. All right, man. Man, what a great... You, 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 that was that's a gold. That right is, there. I think he needs his own podcast now. Man, what? You know what? I wonder if we could get him to do a segment. I bet you he like, would. Like one segment every week. Like because pre-recorded, you heard send it to us. You know the, the stories, the recollection. The by the way, if you have not been to the Wood Brothers Museum, and I have not, you need to go. If you're in the area, you need to go. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal. The only other one that probably is close to it is the Petty one. And, you know, there is so much history. I mean, I grew up, obviously, Wood Brothers. David Pearson was my favorite driver as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I grew up a a Wood Brothers fan. And I still am. Matty D is is awesome. He's been so close close. to that victory. And like I said, I would like to see before the end of the year, them get their hundredth with Matt. They can do it. Yeah. They this can. week at he, Daytona, he can, he can do it. He's he one of the been, yeah. better restrictor plate races. They always bring a great car. He's got three great teammates with Blaney and Logano and Brad. And it could happen this weekend. I hope so. If not, I hope it's Tall- I mean, Talladega, Talladega up. wherever, Sorry, wherever. But, you know, I would like to see the 100th win for Wood Brothers be Matt's because of Matt, because mm-hmm. then his name is kind of synonymous. And I like Matt. I, I spent, I've spent some time with Matt. We He's went been to on the, the show. We went to the, we went to the zoo together. <laughs> we petted a seal together a few years yeah. ago. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to talk. It's good. Yeah. You know, he was on the show a couple years ago. Was he really? Yeah. This is pre-me. Yeah. Pre-you. Pre-me. And it, we were um, talking about the Richmond race coming yeah. up. So, but uh, he is a a great kid. I can call him a kid yeah. because I'm old. I think I'm older than him, so. Yeah. I don't know if you can call him a kid, I though. can't call him a kid. It's a, yeah, be yeah, like a brother. Too, yeah, yeah, be like yeah. a brother. I could, I'd be Matt's brother. He seems <laughs> like a good guy. He is a good guy. <laughs> anyway. It's time for the Commonwealth Closer. What are we going to talk about today, Brandon? Hey, you got some new music, man. Hey, you know, <laughs> got to do something. We are going to jump in and talk about SRX 
in Virginia. Your tweet, this was like three weeks ago. Uh, maybe a month ago. Yeah, now. maybe a month ago. But your tweet about at the ending of the XRX, they were asking about what tracks. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, of course, Vaughn, me, you know, we all went in and, and, and made our pitch so <laughs> we could, you know, see if we could get them to come to one of our tracks. And then all of a sudden you said, hey, you know, we have such a, a plethora of, you know, a plethora of great tracks. Right we here. Could, we could literally put a week together. You could race for a week, guys. I know that would be tough on you guys. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, just think. Asphalt, dirt, and road course. Mm -hmm. And that'd make a hell of a week. It would make a hell of a week. So so to to jump into it, my tweet, I listed out the potential tracks here in Racing Virginia that the SRX series could race at. And again, we've got, you know, South Boston, Langley, Virginia Motor Speedway. Dominion. BIR, Dominion Motor Mile. Winchester Motor. Win <laughs> I mean the diverse array of tracks here in Virginia is something that, that we celebrate every show. We talk about it every show. Absolutely. And after my tweet, Randy Hallman wrote a piece that's available now on the RacingVirginia.com website. And he talks about the potential and outlines that diverse array of tracks. And the fact that we have that many tracks here in Virginia to go to is just something ridiculously special. And I wanted Dave, let's say, let's say we had, we had five tracks of a five, a five race week. Where would you go to here in the state of Virginia? I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm going to put myself on the spot. Well, I mean, obvi the obvious choice for me, I have, I worked there, been working <laughs> there for 22 years, yeah. uh, Virginia motor speedway. I think it would be a phenomenal race there. But on, on top of all that, uh, South Boston would be phenomenal. That's two. Two. Langley, okay, would be phenomenal. Uh, VIR, obviously, for the road course. Uh -huh. And let's, fifth one. Ugh. But, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that Dominion Winchester. You know, I don't, don't know. Take, don't take Winchester away from me. Oh, Say okay. so Dominion. Okay. So. So. How's that? That, that works for me, man. Good for me. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna first is Winchester, Winchester, Virginia Speedway, right up, right about 15 minutes from where I grew up. That was the first dirt track I ever went to, and I think that place would hence your pick, hence my pick. Um, then uh, let's see here. You you picked you picked the the tracks that I work at. I mean, you could pick the same tracks. I, I could pick I could pick the same tracks. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, picking, you're picking five. You just want to pick five okay. tracks. I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go Motor Mile one because Good. I've never been there in person. Beautiful track, and I think it would just be a really fun race to watch at Motor Mile because I've seen you know. You just, I mean, you could throw Lonesome Pine in there. Yeah, it's it's, it's here. Lonesome Pine, Motor Mile, Virginia, or I should say Winchester. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'll do. I'll do Langley as well, because I'm familiar with it. And they'll probably ask me to work that race. So, so that's what you know. Jumping in there with, and with, who with else Everham would ask you? Okay, you. 
the one track better be on your list. Yeah. And, and, and v, VMS. VMS. All right. I you twisted him, my arm. I if you can't him, see him, he's twisting my arm. But uh, but let, let's go through here. Air at Thunder on Randy's list. Franklin County. Natural Bridge. Shenandoah one that I think we need to have a live podcast at one, one of these days going out there and, and traveling there. And with Raceway. That was all on Randy's list and all over the state of Virginia is just, is just something. And you saw the effect that SRX had on those local short tracks that they went to. They brought Nashville pack stands packed. They said that was the biggest crowd that they've had since the seventies at that speedway. Um, And it just reinvigorating. I think fans, and we touched on it in our interview with John Wood, Fans are are starved for the local hero. They the 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 Cup Series, the Xfinity, and and trucks that grew based off of local short tracks and talent that they found, just like Denny Hamlin at uh, at at Southside, for example. You have a an influx of drivers buying their rides. Not that they're not talented, but fans are are looking for the everyman, the well, person, yeah. the driver that's like themselves. Josh Berry and Josh Berry, a prime, prime example. example of that. And the thing I want to point out is we and we talk about this. You know, there there are a lot of guys that get rides that bring are bringing a, a suitcase of money. Yeah, and that's why they have the ride. That's why they have the ride, and it's not always about talent there's a lot of talented drivers out there that if they had the the opportunity they they would win just like josh barry barry won one goalie yeah srx yeah he he wins that first one now he's got a ride in a truck at bristol i mean that's those are the stories that are the best stories in motorsports is everybody kind of complained about the list of drivers at, at first because there was a lot of IndyCar stuff on there. Yeah. And there was a road course guy yeah. on there that nobody really knew about mm-hmm. uh, unless you followed Trans Am. Well, Tracy ended up being one of the funniest. <laughs> Paul Tracy. Yeah, Paul Tracy. Uh, he just ended up being one of the funniest guys in all the, you know, in the group. It, I, I think, it, I think he, he took on the, I'm going to be the, Bad guy. He was the heel. He's he the wore heel. the black the black hat, and he took it on and, and he ran, with, ran it. with it. I think I think the the motorsports world to me when you have that crossover, just like you saw with the indie in the NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader, when you have the racing worlds, whether it's dirt and asphalt or road course and traditional NASCAR. Or you know the local short track guy making it in Xfinity, race fans love that. That is what drives us the human emotion, the human interest well, and that, stories. And I think that's the smart thing. What SRX did is they took a local hero, put him in a car. You write your own story by that by doing that mm-hmm. because everybody in the grandstands wants their local guy to win. Yeah. That's why they're there. Like the emotion. Doug, Doug Colby taking the lead and coming to the checkers. I'm telling you what, that place was bananas. <laughs> it was. Stafford I Motor was Speedway, watching that race. Staff, Stafford Motor Speedway went bananas for that. Yeah. 
And I think that that helped propel SRX it, through the next five and, races. And, and I think, and I think that's what fans fans are are starved for as well. Is that that hero, that person well, you can latch on to to throw your emotional investment behind? One of the reasons why we have all these drivers on, because at some point, I mean, you know, drivers that usually have a suitcase full of money go through the ranks really quick. Yeah. They, you can't develop a fan base by going through the ranks. There's a process. There's a process. I mean, folks, you used to have to be like in your 30s yeah. to get into racing Dale in the Earnhardt 70s and 80s. started his cup career full-time when he was 29 years old. Like, didn't... That, that's when it started for him. And, and, he, and, and he now, second, and now yeah, like, some, some, I mean, some of these drivers that are 18, Harrison, for, yeah. for example, you know, all a boatload of talent. Like, but he, like, he's been, he's accelerated his career up through the, what's now like the Xfinity series and the Cup series. And it used to not be that way. And you would have this, this, this groundswell from the local level to the top. And you don't have it anymore. Nor the, those local talents normally just stay local talents. That's sad. Yeah, really is sad. But the but, but, but that, SRX yeah. did something where the, you took the these former superstars, melted them with current superstars. The first SRX race had the current Indy Five Hundred champion in the field. <laughs> what you know? It was just a unique experience and something that we we could really rally behind here at the here at the local level, and and it was really really special seeing Bill and Chase Elliott race against each other for the lead. Oh yeah. was was special at Nashville. And I think that if it's not next season, I hope it's next season that we can I think the the all SRX or all Virginia SRX is a a long shot, but getting a couple of our Virginia tracks on that schedule and will be to get just huge. one. I mean, obviously the, the chances of getting a couple on there are slim to none. In 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 the same in season. The same, in the same season. But it would be nice to be able to maybe see a Virginia track get in now. Maybe not next year, but at least continuing trying to come back to the state. I would I would love to see for example just give you an example. Them to travel to Langley and current track champion Brendan Queen get in the SRX series as the local guy and race against, I mean, it would be nuts. Or a Mike, Mike Looney, for example, Justin Williams, Justin Williams as the way he drives that late model at yeah. Speedway. You'd like to see him in the SRX. You know, I, I you know, we talk about, uh, you know, all these drivers. I mean, most of the drivers that we have from Virginia that are in, you know, running Xfinity cup truck, uh, you know, most of them have talent. Uh, you know, someone like a Jeb Burton has worked his butt off to get where he is. I, I, it just dawned on me. We have one, two, what? Two drivers, two, yeah, two drivers in the playoffs already. Yep. In Xfinity. Brandon Brown, I think, got. He's, he's on the outside. He's got to do 
He's got to make some moves to be able to get in. For Xfinity, it's not 16. It's actually 12. 12. So, right. you know, and currently he's 14th in the playoffs. He's going to need a win. Yeah, he's going to need a win. But he was in there last year. Hey, he made it last yes. year. And let's be honest, Daytona? Never know. He's, it, he runs well at Daytona every single time. And it is, it, it is another thing. You know, but we have some great, we have some great drivers. We have great tracks. We talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, we could go on and on in the show. We could make it a three hour show, but you know, uh, you guys, we want to make it uh, a length where at least you guys don't get mad at us. <laughs> right. Um, but, but it was worth every single second that, that to was gold. hear John Wood's story today. You want to check out uh, racingvirginia.com for schedules, news, columns. Randy Hallman has some great columns there. Mm -hmm. Check out the SRX column. That's a great read. Uh, follow us on social media at Racing Virginia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We got a YouTube channel. And Dave, I mentioned this to you. I'm going to start bringing my webcam in well, and Lord. we're going to. People don't want to see me. Uh, you can put a, you know, you can wear your mask. You can wear your mask when you're doing I the can show. Do um, but uh, the next endeavor is going to be getting this show live, live on YouTube, on or Facebook, YouTube yeah. and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, remember to subscribe to our show, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, Google uh, Amazon? Amazon. Oh, it. Ask Alexa. <laughs> she will bring you the podcast right to your living room if you've got an elect, you know, you know. Perfect. So, but I mean, iHeartRadio, we're on probably a hundred different platforms. So uh, just subscribe to your favorite platform, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, probably the please, pretty please. <laughs> those are our favorites. Those are our favorites because uh, we get a lot of st statistics from those folks. Uh, we can't thank John Wood enough for taking the time to visit with us and you, the listener, for downloading this podcast. Uh, we want to ask you to please share it with your friends. We need your help to grow this show. Uh, we want to help promote the racing and the drivers that he are here in the state of Virginia. For Brandon Brown, I'm Dave C. reminding you to keep racing, Virginia. Thanks for listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. This has been a Speed Squad and Appletown Media Production. It's the